This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is Thursday, February 6, 2020, and my guest is Ryan Whitwam of Android Police. Hi, Ryan. How are you? It, uh, it is a delight to be here. Yes. So in case you're wondering, we're actually in the same room. We're at Moto headquarters in Chicago, where we just got to play with the new G-series phones. Yes, I said G-series. There is no numbering this year. It's not G8. Yeah. It's not G9 or 7, because they've already done 7. It's just G. Yeah, last, so year, how, last year was G7. How do you yeah. feel about that? Um, I feel like that's, I mean, that's probably fine. Uh, I, I always have felt like uh, it was so easy to, to confuse Motorola and LG devices, like when you're, you're reading an article about oh, something. Oh, yeah, right. Because like, they're, they're, like, they're they one almost off, matched right? up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, G8 they're, is LG this year, last year, and G7 is LG this yeah. last um, year. I mean, and I feel like that's, it's, it's fine, especially in this case, because uh, the two phones that they, they announced, it's the, the G Power and the G Stylus, so the name has like the thing that makes it distinct. Um, so like you could just just you know you don't have to say like this is the G8 and this is the other G8 and like there are you know five things that are almost identical like these are pretty distinct products even though they share a lot of like you know basic hardware features. Yeah, I agree. I feel like for me it's a smart thing. I think this is a good decision. I feel like this numbering stuff should go away. It's like I feel like I've, Apple would be the the poster child for this. I'm actually surprised they haven't done it yet. Yeah, like the MacBooks don't have they, like they don't attach numbers to those except for like the screen size. Like you just have to like know like this is the MacBook 13 from like late 2013 or whatever, you know. Um, right. But, and, and and iPhone they're still doing the iPhone 11 and I'm yeah. kind of feel like Apple should be a long time ago now should have just gone to <laughs> iPhone. The number and the numbers are the numbers are dumb. Like on every product, it's totally pointless. Like, as far as we're aware, all the rumors point to Samsung just like going from ten to twenty and kind of like well, following essentially in Huawei's lead yeah, here yeah. with uh, the P series and the Mate series going from ten to twenty. I think kind of Apple is kicking themselves now for doing <laughs> eleven. Although on the other, hand, I mean, the other hand, you could look at it and say, well, it's uh, very unique. They have eleven. Nobody else has eleven. Anyway, back to the G series. So you're right. I think this is a crux here. There is a G stylus and a G power. And strangely, last year there was a G8 plus. There was, yeah. So or G- yes, yeah. We've but never I think they really only resolved this. I think one. I think they only launched that in like a few like like Latin America. I think mostly. Yeah, but it's interesting if their naming strategy is changing. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, it, they didn't even really want to talk to us about that, that phone. It's like, yeah, year. that phone, these are not the droids you're looking for, yeah. wave of hand. Um, I feel like pretty positive about what I saw today on these G-series phones. To, to be very clear, the only difference between them um, is colors, prices, battery size, and the stylus or no stylus. Yeah. Oh, oh, the storage. The cameras are also slightly different. There, there is, I think it's mostly software differences on the camera. From what I understand, the action feature is a software feature. Hmm. Yes, I was told that. I see. I, th- I think someone told me that it was a combination of hardware and software. I, I think they said that there was a reason why they couldn't do the 
cropping, which is the, we're going to talk about this in yeah, more yeah, detail yeah. in a second. But just so you understand, the action feature on Moto phones is this weird thing, and the, the, so far the only device that has this is a Moto One Action, where they use the ultra-wide lens, and basically they, they're using the sensor in portrait mode to shoot landscape yeah, by so you, cropping. So you hold the phone normally vertically, but you're shooting landscape like Correct. wide angle video. So the idea is that you, if you're doing action, sh shooting something action packed, you can hold your phone vertically, yeah. portrait mode with one hand, and still record landscape horizontal yeah. video. I, I mean, I wish I could do that with photos too, honestly. Like I, I, I would like phones to just do that because I, I've never liked holding a phone landscape to take pictures. It's not comfortable. That's why everybody shoots vertical pictures all the time. It's easier. Well, what we need now is a square sensor that is uh, allowing you to uh, basically crop any, any position any way yeah. you want. That's what we need for these yeah. for these things. Yeah, but so but so these phones they share like a lot of features, but like the names tell you like what the shtick is. You what? Know? Right. So the the G Power it has it has a giant battery. It's five thousand milliamp hours, which, which is, is the like... same as last year's G Seven Power, by yeah. the way. Um, if you if you keeping track at home, the G Seven Power last year I reviewed it for Geek Spin. If you want to check that that review. Um, it did make some compromises that it this did. year is not. It was making. it was one of the it was like one of the more down market versions of the G. It had series. a 720p display. Yeah, and it wasn't horrible, but you could feel it. It's not like the iPhone 11. I feel like I feel like I could tell like when yeah. I was looking at it, it looked soft. It's not like the iPhone 11 where you can you know, the LCD is so good that yeah you can see maybe when you get close up to it that it could use more pixels, yeah. but overall. Yeah. Yeah, but so, but this time it's, you know, the, like the regular, like, you know, well-spec for a mid-range phone that has the giant battery. And that's cool. I, I think that's like, it makes it a much more compelling device, especially at 250 which I, that's the, right. the price of that one, which is cheaper so, than last year. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that there, Moto's, I think, learning that lesson where in the past with the G series and particularly the G series, when they put them on sale, they were a little, they seemed a little pricey and they would quickly drop in price mm -hmm. because of discounts. Yeah. And so you'd always wait for the discount because then the G series really made sense. But it seems that this year, pricing the stylus at 300 and as you said, the power at 250, we're starting off roughly at a price point that feels right for this market. Yeah. And they're going to go down $50 within a month anyway. <laughs> so now it's going to really be a good deal. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at the pricing last year, um, Motorola probably saw like Nokia kind of eating their lunch a little bit because Nokia has come out with a lot of really compelling mid-range devices and they weren't really competing on price like they have in the past. Uh, you know, like Motorola, I mean, hasn't been competing. But uh, this this gen, I think, is looking a lot more a lot more uh, value oriented. Um, and obviously, like the stylus, I think. I mean, I think it's an interesting device. I think it'll be a tougher sell, um, even though you get like more storage um the stylus means that you get a thousand fewer milliamp hours in the battery because they had they had to have room in the phone for the stylus to slot in yeah and i'm not sure i didn't check the specs on the size and thickness but i have a feeling the power might be slightly thicker uh i believe it is i'm pretty sure yeah because that but it's i mean we're i think we're talking like half a millimeter it's, yeah it's we're talking minimal. all like imperceptibly thicker yeah. yeah but i mean still i mean four thousand milliamp hours in a mid-range phone isn't that that's not bad I think it's pretty good. So yeah, they say that three days of battery life, and how much for the stylus? Two. Two. 
I mean, three days is probably a stretch. Yeah, I mean, you can always, uh, you know, you can always expect to lose maybe 20% off of, like, the stated battery life on anything. Yeah, I, I feel like, I think you're going to see a day and a half and two yeah. days on these swamps. Yeah, I mean, you, I think, you know, it's, it's like, it saves you from the range anxiety. Like, if you know you'll get through the day, like, without trouble, no matter what you do to the phone, I think that matters more to people than a phone that they can use for three days. Yeah, no. I mean, look, I'm on board. I, I love the G-Power for its endurance, and I'm only regret about it is that it was decontented in other ways, which we're not seeing this year. Yes, there's some differences with the action mode or whatever, but that's a minor thing. Mm -hmm. When you're going to shoot mostly normal videos and photos on that phone, on these phones, you're going to get the same cameras on both. You're going to get the same processor on both, the same amount of RAM on both. Like, we're looking at a ton of similarities, which I think we should start talking about. Let's talk about the cameras because I think the cameras are really interesting. Yeah. Because we're like a year after the G7, we're now seeing a lot of the functionality and features from the Moto 1 series trickling down right into that 250 to $300 range with no excuses, no restrictions. Mm -hmm. We get night mode, we get a 48 megapixel main sensor. They didn't give us the f stops, or at least I haven't looked no, at the specs. I think that, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's on the spec sheet, but. Yeah, but no, so, um, yeah, and they actually will let you shoot in 48 megapixel mode. Uh, it, like, it automatically will, I think, it bins down to, to 12, I think. Um, but you can do, like, you can do the full resolution if you want. Yeah, so from my understanding, it's a Samsung sensor, like what we've seen on the Moto 1 Zoom, and I think maybe the Action as well, Moto 1 Action. It's basically a, a sensor that they've had for a year now on their phones. And they feel pretty confident that they've managed to tune it pretty well. So we're not ex I'm not expecting the level of performance from, as, as we see from a Sony 48 megapixel, like the IMX586. Mm. But I think it's going to be pretty good. And I feel like, you know, having three lenses on a phone at this price point is pretty incredible. Um, you know, you're going to say, well, Miriam, you can buy a Xiaomi phone and a, and a Honor phone or, or like I mean, a, you can in some places. an Oppo phone that is way, way better specced for $250, but that's, you know, you're not going to get the band support you get in the U.S. here. Like, this will work on Verizon and Sprint. Yeah. This will be, you know, not just unlocked, but actually pretty yeah. universal. I mean, and it has a U.S. warranty. <laughs> no, but not only that, to me, the big difference is pure Android, almost pure yeah. Android. That's It's pure Android Plus, which is way better than even, like, a Galaxy or something. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, li I like Motorola's build of Android. I don't think they've really, like, innovated with it a lot in the last couple of years, but the stuff that they've had for, you know, half a decade now is still pretty good. Like, Moto Display is still really nice. Yeah, no, I think that this is good. So cameras, the other two cameras, let's talk about them really quickly. There is a, a 2 megapixel macro camera, which I think yeah. is really interesting, because not only, I mean, we've seen 2 megapixel macro cameras before, but this one is autofocus. Mm -hmm. which many of them don't. You literally have to find the sweet spot by yeah, hand. Yeah, so this one, you, you can, I think it's like uh, as close as two centimeters from the target, but you, you have a little bit of, of leeway in that. But it is autofocus, so yeah. it'll, it'll track. Yep. Whereas the Honor that came out in the summer yeah. um, that has a two megapixel macro does not have autofocus. You literally mm -hmm. have to find the spot by moving the phone back and forth. And if you move just a little bit, you know, it's macro, so you're instantly <laughs> off, right? So that's kind of one of the things that I thought was annoying. Um, the other thing, it has an 8-megapixel ultra-wide, 117-degree fields of view. Mm. And ultra-wide is always a winner to me. If you're going to have yeah. multiple cameras, have an ultra-wide. 
I I I, I prefer uh, Zoom. Like if you I know? could only if I could only have like one camera in addition. So to you're the a happy wide. person using the uh, the Pixel Four then. Yeah, I if, if Google if Google was gonna only do two cameras, I I think they did the right two cameras. See, I did this. I think they did the wrong two cameras. I think Apple did the right two cameras with the eleven. Hmm. That's why I have an eleven in my pocket, in one pocket, and a Pixel Four in the other. One does ultra wide and proper video recording. The other one does proper zoom, <laughs> and a great main camera. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I understand the the interest in having ultra wide sensors. I would love. I mean, I would love to have like a, you know the regular wide and a zoom and an ultra wide, like all three on a phone. That's ideal. Um, but you know, we're talking about phones that cost. you know, you're not going to get everything. No. So anyway, 48 megapixel, Samsung, you know, uh, basically binning four pixels into one quad, you know, quad pixel, whatever you want to call it, and a two megapixel macro with autofocus and eight megapixel ultra wide, uh, no zoom lens, but presumably with 48 megapixels on the main lens, you can get some good stuff. And then um, we're looking at you know, basically the usual suite of of uh, moto camera features, including things like cinemagraph and the action mode for the stylus. Yeah. And I think all this is good, is positive. I don't expect the camera to be outstanding, but I feel that it's probably going to be good enough to be very competitive in that price yeah. point. I think it'll be noticeably better than what they had last year. Yeah. And I mean, the last year, the G series have always been okay, I feel, for their price but never spectacular, and I don't expect this to be spectacular either, but I expect this to be a pretty big step forward. Like we have, this is really going from just a depth assist camera as in the G7 to, right. to like now we have literally dedicated cameras for specific purposes. You don't, at least in the US, see that at a $250 price point, right? Yeah, not often. No. Um, there's a fingerprint reader in the back, which is nicely hidden as a Moto logo, which yeah. I think is cool. There's a headphone jack. Uh, these are features that are across both both phones. We mentioned the specs on the RAM and the 665. Interesting choice of 665. I've been using a, a Moto One Hyper, uh, which we'll segue into in a minute. The reason I'm bringing it up is because it's running a 675. Mm. And I'm really impressed with the performance on that phone. Like, you know how you're an Android user, you know that. Even on a Pixel, right, after a lot of multitasking for several hours, you start getting some lag every now and then if you don't restart apps. Yeah. You know, sometimes you touch something and you just have to wait just a tiny bit of time for it to do something. And I wasn't, you know, using that phone yesterday for from the moment I woke up to basically the moment I landed in, in, in my hotel room in Chicago. I used it for the entire four-hour flight on Wi-Fi. Mm. And... Not a single time juggling uh, at least a half a dozen apps did it lag or delay or stutter or stop. And I was not expecting that from a 675. So hopefully the 665 is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I would have to look up the specs, but I I imagine it's probably just a a slower clock on like the same. I think they're, yeah, I'm not quite sure how generation you know the problem with the numbering at qualcomm is that it doesn't always <laughs> yeah. match generationally yeah like i feel that the eights and seven it, yeah. especially eight, in the sixes like some there are some sixes that are like way especially different in than the, the others yeah the seven and eight series tend to match nicely like basically you know we have this year we have a 765 and 865 last year with the 855 but that was closely matched to the 730 right and then the 845 was a 710 now, they didn't match in numbers, but if you knew that they were in the same kind of silo, 
Yeah. Uh, but interestingly, here's the funny thing. When the 855 was king last year, the 730 was king of its seventh tier, but that was based on an 845. Mm. So you know what I'm saying? Like, so the 710 was based on an 835 mm. when the 845 was king. And so I'm not sure if the 7... I'm, I think they broke that pattern with the 765s. I feel like the 765 is its own thing. And I know we're not talking about 7 series on, this, on these G phones, but I'm just like segueing here. Yeah, well, you know, it's Qualcomm's bad. Numbering. Bad at but, numbering. I mean, but I mean, I, so this this SOC should be like you know a nice step up from what they had last gen. I I mean, when I was using the phones, I felt like they were they were pretty responsive. But I mean, obviously these are like brand new and like you know very few things installed on it. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was wondering when I used that Moto Hyper yesterday on my way, and whether it's just because it's brand new. But I honestly I don't remember in recent history using a six series Qualcomm phone that felt that fast. Yeah, and it's Android ten. Yeah. And by the way, these two phones, the G Stylus and the G Power, are Android 10, yeah. which is great. I mean, part of that might just be like, I feel like uh, Google paid a lot more attention to the way animations feel Android 10. Uh-huh. Android 10 devices, for me at least, they tend to be a smoother experience. Maybe they're just like, they're hiding the lag better, I don't know. But um, but no, I mean, I'm I'm pretty encouraged by what I've seen of the new Moto G phone so far. What do you feel about the display? It's 6.4 inches, 19 um, by 9, so... full HD. It's IPS, right? It's LCD. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it looks, I think they look fine. Um, I did notice something you see on, on uh, IPS panels sometimes, like uh, a little bit of like shadowing like at the edges. Um, there's no, and especially, so there's a hole punch. There's no, they, they got rid of the right, notch. There's right. the, the, the hole punch for the front-facing camera in the upper left corner. And if you look like around that, you can see, like that very sort of subtle like shadow that just sort of shows up at the edge of, of IPS panels. Um, and I've noticed that like a lot on some Nokia phones and some not so much. I'm not sure what the aspect of the manufacturing like makes things look like that, but it's not super distracting. And I think like, uh, you know, at, the resolution at that size is probably fine. I mean, um, it's 1080p, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's uh, because it's LCD, uh, there are still, you know, there's some bezel. Yeah. You know, because you can't get, like, way down there without, without OLED. So, like, there's a chin at the bottom that's a little bit bigger than, like, the rest of the bezels. But it's not as It's stark. not as bad as the G7 last yeah, year, yeah. where the really, there was enough bezel to write the word Moto on them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which they did. Um, the other thing I want to point out is, since you brought up the whole punch camera, it's a 16 megapixels on both phones, mm -hmm. whatever that means. We don't know other specs on it. But it's nice to see that maybe... Uh, you know they are paying attention to the front camera with those specs, um, but oh, like I'm, I'm happy, I'm excited. I think that this is cool, um, and it, you know, again, I feel like the G series has always been kind of close to my heart. I, I feel like, um, yes, I, you know, I like Chinese imports. I have a lot of them, but I'm a special use case, right? Like I mostly use GSM yeah. carriers like T-Mobile and AT&T. I don't have to worry about Sprint or Verizon, you know, compatibility. I don't care about warranty. I'm willing to live with the skin and like put another launcher and, and work stuff out. Yeah, you're 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 what we colloquially call a phone nerd. Yeah, like you. Right. Yeah, like, like the people listening. Yeah. But the point is that for you know, if you're gonna recommend a phone that's not a flagship to somebody in North America, US or Canada, that needs a good solid phone, maybe they're coming from an older Nexus or Pixel phone and they can't really justify buying, you know, the new Pixel. 
and they saw the 3A and they like feel like I want something more modern looking like with little bezel and and a hole punch and and all that we can give them that now with the G series yeah, well, and I mean, they won't feel too alienated so, you I mean, know? and the G series is it's cheaper than the Pixel 3A yeah it by, is by a, a fairly significant by 100 margin. bucks i mean if i feel like if you've got money to spend on a Pixel 3A that's a better phone you should buy that um, but yeah, if you don't want to spend that much, then I feel like the new Moto Gs might be a really good option. Yeah, because they feel really modern, and like they have you know that look and feel of a phone of 2020 with a pole punch and all that, and with the multiple cameras in the back. And at the same time, you know, the to me the biggest gripe I have when I import these Chinese phones and use them, or I get reviewness of them, is as soon as I start using the software, I just want to rip my hair out, right? And yeah. this is not going to give you that, and a warranty, and support for Ryzen Sprint. So, yes, it might be a little more money than you would spend on, you know, an equivalent Oppo. But consider that you're getting, you know, all these little details. It's like the difference between buying, again, buying a Pixel 4 versus buying, you know, uh, last year's K20 Pro is a good example. Redmi K20 Pro is an amazing phone for the money. Snapdragon 855 triple camera on the back with a telephoto ultra wide and 48 megapixel imx 586 i mean yeah every great hardware but you have to it's deal 300 with 300 bucks you have to deal with the software and... but then you have this terrible terrible software experience and again i can live with it by putting another launcher and keyboard on there but you know you can't change the notification tray and the fact that it's messed up and so i think there's a market for this even amongst our type of people our early adopter tech savvy crap yeah, so they and they didn't tell us exactly when they'll come out. They just said spring. Yeah, they said soon. I, I think we're gonna see them come out right after MWC, I figure by oh, yeah. by mid March to late March, something like that. I would I would I would bet on like the end of March or the beginning of April. Yeah, there you go. I think that's close enough. So yeah, the reason I brought up uh, the Moto Hyper a couple of times is because, as I said, I just got it out of the box. I also have a Moto One Action and a Moto One Zoom to play with, but I couldn't take all three of them on this trip. And I find that the best way to really put a phone through its paces is to kind of use it as your main phone on a two-day trip like this and do everything you can on it. And then you learn really quickly what sucks and what doesn't. Yeah. And so far, you know, when they showed me this phone in Hawaii at the Snapdragon Summit, I don't know why they decided to show up and moto showed up in hawaii with a phone that had nothing to do with anything <laughs> qualcomm was showing at that event but nonetheless they showed up this moto hyper and i was like oh yeah okay it's cool but in my mind i was like 350 for this that's a lot of money i can get something again i can get something from vivo or oppo or xiaomi or you know huawei for a lot less money but then i realized because to be fair, the one doesn't have support for Verizon and Sprint. Mm. The one yeah, series yeah. is GSM only. So, but then you get a warranty, and then I started playing with it. And yes, it's plastic in the sense that it's fake glass in the back, and it's not like it does look like a glass sandwich. It does feel pretty well made, but you're not getting aluminum and and glass here. You're getting, you know, whereas you do get aluminum and glass on some of these Chinese phones, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I kind of dismissed it a bit. Basically, is what I'm saying when I first got my hands on it. And now that I've used it for a bit, I'm like, oh, no, this is actually way better than I expected. And I feel like I'm having a good experience. And primarily the, the performance, as I said, battery life was another thing. Mm. I had it fully charged. I left the house at like 7 in the morning or something, 8 in the morning. And I landed at a specific time. I landed in uh, at my hotel room at 
Central Time, which is like 4.30 Pacific. So I'm running this phone for like, what, eight hours straight. And I'm 60% battery life when I get there. Pretty good. Like, I how, think, how much the battery I capacity? think it's 5,000, I want to say, or maybe a bit less, four. But no matter what, it's, it, it held up with me multitasking like a boss. Now, I didn't take any photos. I wasn't playing games. I wasn't viewing video content. I was literally just in email, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, mm. that kind of stuff, productivity. Yeah. Because, as you know, as journalists, we have to be on the social yes. media for yes, productivity. Twitter, yes, Twitter is work. Yeah. Uh, and I was posting some Instagram photos from my Google Photos gallery. Yeah. Um, and I'm telling you, like, that thing, battery life-wise, was, like, pretty cool. Now, I haven't used the cameras much on it. It has a 64 megapixel. I think it's a Samsung mm -hmm. sensor. Um, and it has an ultra-wide. And that's it. It has two lenses. And then it has a pop-up camera. Uh, for the front-facing. Oh camera. yeah, that's right. right. It's got like that, uh, like that channel thing. Yeah, yeah, there, exactly. Like, in the of. back, yeah. So I, what I'm saying is basically, um, verdict still pending for the camera. Um, so far, the camera seems okay, but not like. Again, I think there is this tendency right now because the higher-end phones have started using, like, especially because Sony. Okay, Sony's IMX five eight six. The 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 first truly widely used and popular uh, 48 megapixel sensor that did the quad pixel binning, the four in one pixels, uh, and used the quad buyer filter, is kind of the poster child. And it's used throughout like a whole range of phones up to the yeah. super high end yeah, flagship. We, yeah, we see that part a lot. We've seen it everywhere. And depending on how it's implemented, it's either really good or really bad. An example yeah. of really good would be, again, the Honor 20 Pro, uh, blew me away with its 40, this IMX586 implementation. Mm. It's probably the best I have used by a long shot. A bad implementation of that sensor in a similarly priced $500 phone is the Axon 10 Pro mm. from ZTE. Yep. That phone's camera is so bad for what the specs are. Yeah. It's purely a software issue. Yeah, no, and in a lot, I mean, I, I feel like the, uh, the megapixel race is kind of back on. Like, especially like in the mid-range, like they all want to say, like, look at how many megapixels this phone has. And it's exactly what I'm saying. And so now we're starting to see the second generation of that, right? We're starting to see where people are going like, oh, yeah, we're going to make a phone that basically is, uh, basically is just like this, 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 like, get the numbers, but doesn't actually have the performance yeah. to back yeah, it up. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like in this day and age, like, it is so much more important to have good processing yeah. than, like, just buying the best piece of hardware so, you can. in a way, and this, and this is going to apply to the G-Series as well, I feel that the fact that they have a 48 megapixel sensor, and here we're talking about the Hyper with a 64 megapixel sensor, I think here they're going on bragging rights here a little more than they're going on actual results. Yeah. Like, as I said, very preliminary. I will talk to you folks more about the Moto Hyper's camera once I use it a little more. But right now, from the few photos I've taken in Chicago and in around, in the very snowy Chicago day, I'm, I can say that I'm not seeing any difference between that and, and a well-sorted 12 megapixel or, or 48 megapixel. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's bad. I'm just saying that, you know, it's a lot of bragging rights at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's way more important that just that you have three different useful cameras on those phones. Like, it's, it's nice that you have, like, different shooting options because so many cheap phones are just like it's a regular camera also here's a depth sensor camera that doesn't really do anything for you they just want to like have the two they want to have the two cameras like they all what they're all chasing a, a 
the um, the DXO score or whatever. Like, you yeah. get more points if you have more cameras. Yeah, basically. It's kind of funny, right? Yeah. So I feel like, you know, don't get too hung up. And, and I think as a, my audience is pretty smart. They think they know. Don't get hung up on the megapixels. That being said, those high megapixel counts that we're seeing up to, you know, there's rumors of 108 on the Samsung phones yeah. coming up. Like, a lot of this is going to be about binning pixels. So the output of these cameras, the 48 megapixel cameras output 12 megapixels. This divide by four. And the 64 outputs, again, divide by four, right? So you're getting 16 megapixel photos. And then, you know, if we see 108, you're going to say divide by four. Yeah, that works. It's 27, right? But 27 seems too high to me. So I think what we're going to see in the high end soon is going to be divide by nine. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So basically, it, they're going to do a three by three matrix instead of a two by two matrix of, of pixels. They're going to bin three by three instead of binning two by two. Mm. And so now you're going to have nine in one, nine pixels to make up one. Yeah. I mean, know? but OEMs are like, they're definitely still going to call it a 108 megapixel. Sensor, oh, no, as of much course, as they possibly course. can. But so what I'm trying to say is that even though the megapixel count is a lot of control and sometimes it's used for marketing, especially on the low end phones and the second generation sensors that are not that good, but I think there is some true value to binning. And I think the next generation of binning we're going to see instead of four to one binning is going to be three by three, four, nine. Yeah. To I, mean, one it, and I mean, that's a really, I think, an important advancement because. That's something that is mainly hardware dependent. So you don't have to be a company with like very good uh, software processing capabilities. Like you can still see some benefit from yeah, this. Exactly. You're immediately seeing some benefits, but at the same time, you're still highly dependent on the software because I've seen, I thought the same way as you. I thought that you couldn't go wrong, especially with the Sony IMX586, the first one. Well, when I saw what ZTE did with the Axon 10 Pro, I was mm -hmm. like, how? How is it I mean, possible ZTE, that it's worse? They've made a lot of camera mistakes. I think ZTE just, they need to rethink that. They need that, some help. Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So let's talk some more. We've got a couple of more Moto things to talk about, uh, specifically around the Razer. So what is your take on the Razer kind of review-ish reviews? I don't know. Like there's been some early reviews they, yeah, because some people so are getting their phones. Some, yeah, early, some people who right? pre-ordered have gotten have gotten the devices. So I don't think we've gotten any like major like you know exhaustive reviews of them. But um, I think generally people seem to like that the phone exists, but there are there are some issues. Um, I've seen like there are a couple of videos floating around of of like people opening the hinge and it kind of like makes like a, a creaking sound. Like, yeah, it's sort of unnerving. Um, but. I don't know. I mean, these are, I'm sure these are like, these are fresh off the assembly line. Like the glue is still drying. Um, so. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. so the, the things this week in terms of the razor is that as of today, like we're recording this on February 6th and you'll probably hear this on February 7th or 8th, but on the 6th, as we're recording this, the phone is officially available in stores to like line up and pick up basically. If yep. you've pre-ordered by now, unless you pre-ordered late because they're back-ordered, you should have received your phone today. Yeah. And, but good luck just going into a store right. and buying no, no, one. But, from, but yeah. I mean, theoretically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then some people have received their phones early, which means that some journalists have received their phones early yes. that they actually bought rather than getting devices. And as such, they have reviews out. And one of the things you've seen, as you mentioned, is not just amongst the you know, journalists that received their phones, but amongst demo units at stores, 
this creaking sound on the hinge, mm -hmm. which I think people are probably blowing out of proportion. I have a feeling that maybe like 1% of the phones out there have this problem because they're finally in production. The reason I'm saying this is because when I played with the Moto Razor in November, it really felt, and maybe these were hand-assembled prototypes, but it felt so solid, that hinge, and that design felt, like I really felt like I could dropkick that phone. Yeah. And you can't think of doing that with a fold, right? And, and I feel like that either this is an odd case and there's a few early things, people are going to get them replaced and they're gonna, it'll be fine. Or it's a bigger problem, and maybe you were wrong, and maybe because I feel bad having told everyone after my hands-on November that I felt this phone was really well sorted in terms of its hinge design, yeah. and now we're hearing creaking. Well, it's I like, mean, it. I mean, I I feel like that might just that might even be just a thing that goes away on a unit. Like after you've used it for a while, maybe the hinge just stops doing that. But I mean, the, I've handled a few of those phones at this point, and. They've all felt really solid to me. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I had the opportunity to use one just recently that has apparently been used daily for two months. Yeah. And it felt fine. There was nothing weird about it. It didn't make any unusual noises, and it still seemed like nice and tight when you open and close it, and like, the screen was still pristine. Yeah. And so um, I encourage you, I will link to Android Central. It was one of the uh, outlets that got a review unit that wasn't a review in it so god yeah. yes to, they have like they a published a review they have a like a quick a quick review, two two day two days with the razor kind of thing based on a phone they purchased and was early delivered to them over the weekend and they had the they have the creaking problem and uh so i'll i'll put that in the show notes and then there's this crazy rumor and again this is a rumor at this point of a gold uh razor yeah i see no reason why that couldn't be true. Uh, i mean i want to see a pink one there yeah. was a whole debate in Twitter yesterday, actually, oh, yeah. of which hue of pink we want. <laughs> so what hue of pink are you on board? Because you uh, never I, won the, the original. The, the correct answer to this question is the most obnoxiously like bright Loud. neon pink. So you want the singular yeah, version, I want, like, I not want, like, the Verizon version. I, no, I, want, like, uh, the, I, just, I want like T-Mobile Magenta. Yeah, so remember the, the V3, the original yeah, Razor, yeah, yeah. had a V3 um, for, I think it was singular, that was this obnoxious very bright magenta, mm -hmm. basically T-Mobile color today. And then there was, Verizon did one, and it was like this super soft, like <laughs> pale pink, you know, like very, very Like subdued. Google, Google not pink. It totally represented what these carriers were about in their time, you know? <laughs> um, Verizon was much more like serious, and, and yeah. Singular was much more playful back in those days. I'm thinking it was, it could have been, been a T-Mobile version that was super pink, but T-Mobile back then wasn't being on the magenta color scheme. Yeah. Um, anyway, so key, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Basically, it's inevitable, absolutely, totally inevitable that we're going to see uh, multiple colors on this razor over time. Yeah, let's let's hope. Let's hope. Um, and then finally, uh, I will link to Android Police as well on this. There is a teardown video out there uh, that shows off the innards of the razor. Somebody somehow got their hands on one and. I watched the video at double speed without sound last night because it's a 15-minute video. Trust me, you can watch it at double speed if you know anything about If you've ever taken apart a phone, it all makes a lot of sense. Um, but clearly, the person who took this apart was quite skilled and definitely a professional at taking phones apart or had an idea what to do because yeah. this is, while, you know, if you've taken apart a phone yourself, you know where to go and how it goes, this is so unconventional and it's, Teardown and its design and its 
the way things are put together, how many connectors and screws there are. Um, it's not for the faint of heart. Let's put it this yeah. way. And it's got the, it's got the two tiny batteries inside. Yeah. It's so interesting. It's, so the, uh, we knew this was going to happen. There's a battery in each half, basically. One is smaller than the other. And one is actually glued to the display, which yeah. is like, oh, boy. And then the other one is glued to the motherboard, which is also, oh, boy. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the reality is um, repair. I mean, iFixes will do their usual uh, repairability yeah. score at I'm some sure it'll, point. I'm sure it'll get a very But I can number. tell you right now it's going to be a pretty low number. Yeah, it's, uh, but if you're a fan of taking things apart and putting them together, or maybe you do phone repairs for a living, you should check this out. It's, uh, it's impressively interesting. Yeah. I wonder how repairable this phone will be, even, you know, through official channels. Like, if something breaks and you want to have it repaired, I wonder if it's even going to be possible all the time. Well, I don't think much. I mean, did you not notice that the USB Type-C connector is mounted on the motherboard directly? There oh, is, is no subboard for no. it. Immediately, my, I just cringed when I saw that. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah, I fix it knocks off a lot of points for that because if something happens to that port, you have to replace the entire port. I mean, it's really hard to reflow a USB Type-C connector on a Yeah, and especially board. in modern phones when everything is so tiny and so yeah, packed together. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is one of those phones, like, if you take it apart, you're not going to be able to put everything back in there. It's Correct. Like, yep. It's like, yep. like metal spaghetti. Metal spaghetti. That should be the title of the show. <laughs> uh, metal spaghetti with Ryan. <laughs> uh, so let's talk to you about some other news. Uh, there is the Poco X2, the Poco phone. The new Poco phone, yeah. which we all thought was going to be called F2, yeah. finally is official and is heavily based on the Redmi K30 Pro, which is a successor to the K20 Pro we were talking about earlier. And um, there's a review on Android Central already. I guess uh, it's available in India or something. Yeah. Um, it is not what you think of when you think of Poco phone. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm very impressed with what I'm seeing. But you think Poco phone, you think best possible processor in the cheapest possible chassis at the most aggressive price point. Mm -hmm. Now we've switched to best possible features in, in a aesthetically and materials-wise well-sorted chassis at an unbeatable price because this no longer has an 8-series processor. It's a 730G, and it has, it has a whole bunch of cameras, but it's missing a zoom. I think it has a, it has a, a wide angle on a main and a macro. And then it's a pretty high resolution main camera. I think it's like something like 64. Let me open the link and have a look. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, Android Central reviewed it. What the cool thing though is that it's you know it's got a high refresh rate display. So that's yeah really what you came home for. Yeah, it's right? 90 hertz. I think it's 90 right? hertz. Yeah. No, it's 120 hertz. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's yes. 120 hertz. I remember because they had a, they had their teaser website, and if you went to it on another phone, it would make fun of your refresh rate. <laughs> so, like, I booted up a, a Razer Phone 2 to load it, and it was like, oh, yeah, sure, you got 120 hertz, but how much did you pay for that, huh? It right. was like, it's a really snotty website. Yeah, so 120 hertz, which is amazing, and it's got, uh, I'm looking at the cameras here real quick. So the right, so the main camera is a sixty-four megapixel, just like that Moto Hyper, mm -hmm. Moto One Hyper, and then it's got a couple more cameras. I can't remember what the specs are on there, but the point the point is that it's all about the price, right? And I think the price is ridiculous, like two hundred twenty-five dollars yeah. or something. 
Yeah, um, I think that it's, I mean, I think it's a much more handsome phone than the first one, too. Like, the yeah, first one had... Yeah, and that's what I was trying to say. Like, they, they didn't focus on the best processor, yeah. but really good specs, and they didn't fix, you know, they didn't go on a super cheap chassis. They went on, uh, I don't think it's glass and aluminum, probably plastic, mm-hmm. but a pretty attractive, modern-looking glass sandwich-like plastic design. Yeah. I was always very off-put by the Poco F1's design. Like, is it's, it that? It was it had pretty a, cheap. It had a giant yeah. chin and like the big the notch, and it was just I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't like it. Um, but like, I understand why people liked it because it was so cheap for what you got. Um, I think that this is a better balance. Like, maybe it's not like the absolute best hardware, but it's still pretty good, and it looks way better, and it's got like solid features. I just, I, I, I mean, I. Would so, like this to be a thing in the US. It is actually a, oh wow, okay, we're wrong. What is what? According to GSM Arena, which as you know is the database of all things, all things. Yes. Like it's the master database of all phone universe. Mm-hmm. And we are thankful. Uh, there's a product placement for GSM Arena, because that's where I get all my specs from. This is a glass front, glass back aluminum frame. Oh wow. Holy crap balls. Does it say it is it gorilla glass? Gorilla glass. Uh, it says five? gorilla glass five from wow. back, right? Wow. Okay, are you impressed yet? I would have expected about like about uh... two hundred euros, uh, which is kind of killer. But then it's software. I mean it's it's what is it? Uh it's M- Well it's gonna be Me UI. Me UI. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's not a not my favorite. <laughs> I mean no, but honestly at that price point I'm actually going to convert this to USD right now so we can have a look. $225 freaking dollars for a phone with a 120 hertz display, a Snapdragon 730G, a glass and aluminum bulb, and let's check out these cameras real quick. So we have a 64 megapixel main and a 20 megapixel selfie. Oh, wait, the selfie is a dual camera. 20 megapixel and 2 oh, yeah, megapixel. Oh, yeah, because it's got, like, the elongated hole punch, like the Galaxy Yeah, S10 it's got a hole punch plus. that's... Uh, the, and, okay, 8 megapixel ultra-wide, 2 megapixel dedicated macro camera, and 2 megapixel depth sensor. Mm. Very much like the Oppo phones, the Reno 2, yeah. which has four cameras in the back, but one is a depth, one is a macro. Or, actually, on the Reno's, the other one is a, is a black and white for uh, dynamic range. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you got the ultra wide and the 64 meg uh, main. So, they don't actually have a telephoto on this, which is interesting because this is based on the K30 Pro, and the K20 Pro prior to it had a telephoto. Yeah. Huh. I, I anyway. feel like that, I mean, that must be more expensive part, telephoto. Cameras. I mean, yeah, because you pretty much have to have OIS on them. Mm-hmm. Although some phones, as you know, yeah. <clears throat> one plus seven T anyone <laughs> doesn't have OIS on the telephoto, which is a nightmare. But the the reality is this: I'm gonna put the review from uh, from Android Central in the show notes. Check it out. I'm excited by this phone. This is kind of completely the opposite of the G series in the yeah. sense that you're getting a lot more money for your uh, bang for your buck. But you know, again, no warranty, no band support. Like yeah, you, it's, want, it's six, you want six hundred a- megahertz on T-Mobile. Good luck. It's not going to be a good experience if you import this to the yeah. U.S. I mean, it's not going to be a horrible experience. And sure. you, it might be, the, my point is, it might be a compromise you're willing yeah. to make. Yeah, if you live in a place where you'll get you know, good, good service on that phone. And, and you, you know, want to skin it and yeah. put another keyboard and expect no updates for a while. Yeah, I mean, there might be people on XDA who are going to hack the crap out of it oh, if, you're, wow. if you're into the that. The XDA crowd, for sure. So I'm excited about the Poco X2. It's finally real. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not what we're expecting, but I think it's solid. Um, 
All right, uh, the specs for the Galaxy Buds Plus have leaked. So there's a gal- we've had Galaxy Buds for a while, since last year, mm-hmm. and now we have Buds Plus. And the takeaway is that you get way more battery life, is basically it in a nutshell. Yeah. Which is, like, pretty amazing. I'm disappointed that, uh, that there's no active noise canceling. I was hoping that would be the gimmick for the Plus. Yeah, you'd think they would have gone that route, because that's where Apple went with the AirPods Pro. Yeah. And Huawei went with the FreeBuds 3. And by the way, by the, time you, by the time you get this podcast, you listen to it, my review of the FreeBuds 3 might be up on Android Police. It, it uh, might be. It's been languishing. It's been languishing, languishing. in the bottom of the queue. Um, I've been bothering Ruddock about putting it live <laughs> for a few days now. But uh, bottom line is that um, active noise cancellation is not to be found on the Buds Plus. From, from Samsung, and that's a bit un- unfortunate. But at the same time, the battery life seems killing. It's almost double, like yeah. 60% and it's not more. that much more expensive, is it? I think, they, I think the rumor's like a, like 150 maybe? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Let me just quickly look. I think we've got it here. So we can have a yeah, quick 149. comparison. 149. Okay, here are all the differences. So we're looking at 149 versus, what is it, 129 for the yeah. other ones? So I, I have the, the first-gen... Uh, yeah, what do you buds. think? Do you like I them? I love them. They are so good. For they like are. especially for the money, good? they sound great. Awesome because and that's like, the and thing I, I love and they're really comfortable too. Like they I mean you you have to be comfortable with like the kind of earbuds that like that yeah, they yeah. go in and they like they really hook into your ears, right, you know. Right. If you if you're cool with that, like these are great. Like they they aren't super obtrusive. Uh they sound really good. They have um they have like very low latency on all of the phones I've ever tried them on. Um, and if you have a Samsung phone, like the integration is really great. Of course, yeah, it's it's super good. So here's the battery life numbers: Se- eleven hours versus six hours hmm. on the buds themselves. It's almost double. That's uh, pretty good. Twenty-two hours with the case and earbuds versus thirteen prior. Hmm. A dual driver, so woofer and tweeter instead of a single driver. Hmm. So that's could sound better. Uh, and then we've got uh, two uh, microphones, more microphones, so probably better wind reduction and stuff for yeah. calls. Since it doesn't have noise canceling. Yeah. And then the price is only, as you said, twenty dollars more, which is insane. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if these if these are they're an gonna improvement. just replace essentially the buds uh, yeah, for I most mean, if, people. If this is yeah, if this is like a solid improvement over and, the previous uh, ones. Multi device connection support on the Bluetooth five versus single device connection support. Whatever that means. Yeah. That's it. I mean that's the nutshell. That's it. There's nothing more to say here. I, I'm going to link to it, like, check it out. This is just, I'm going through the news before we get into the rumors. Because the news this week, I was a lot more news than I expected, honestly. Okay, so the next bit, uh, what your thoughts on this? It's pretty much, this is actually not a news item, it's more of a rumor. Uh, but it's a pretty well-substantiated yeah. rumor. Is the OnePlus 8 having wireless charging? We've been talking yeah. about this for weeks oh, now. Yeah, but, but now finally, they've joined the what is the wireless the wireless wireless power consortium. power consortium yeah. WPC. Yes. So we know this is real now, and this has got me very excited because I have a Qi charger next to my bed, and and I want to just pluck my OnePlus on that. And every time I have a OnePlus my main phone, I have no. to like find a cable or something. Yeah. I'm I'm excited that they're finally doing this. They like they switched to the uh, the glass phones like when everybody else was doing it because you know that's just what you do. But they never had wireless charging, so it's like why are we doing the glass backs if you're not going to really take advantage of it? So now supposedly this this phone will actually so have. This that. is a, a rumor that you can take with a strong <laughs> level of certainty. 
And it's exciting because uh, maybe it's also faster than just basic. Maybe it's 15 or 20 or yeah. 30 watts. Yeah, I mean, because I, I think loves fast yeah, I think 15 is totally uh, you know, doable. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I, you know what would more, be though. interesting is if they had like kind of like how they have the wire charging on their phones now, where it'll do uh, USB-C power delivery up to whatever 18 watts or 15 watts. I forget which. But then they have dash charging, which goes faster. Right, right. So, like, it would be rad if you could take this and put it on a regular special, Qi 15-watt yeah, exactly. stand and get 15-watt charging. But they sell one that's, like, 25 yeah, or 30. Yeah, and, and not Oppo, but Xiaomi has that and uh, Huawei have that. They both have, like, 27 and 30-watt yeah. pr proprietary, but backwards compatible. Yeah. yeah. Um, another, oh, this is, I, I kind of mixed up my rumors and, uh, and, and leaks with my news. There's another piece of news that's not a rumor. It's hard news. Uh, the European Union voted uh, for a standard connector to be implemented. Yeah. Uh, it's not 100% finalized yet, but it probably means that within a year or two, Apple is going to have to sell their devices in Europe, new devices, with uh, a either a new connector, like USB Type-C, I presume, which would make sense, or no connector. Knowing Apple is going to be no connector, and they're going to give the finger right. to everyone. So, yeah, so my understanding of this is that there's a lot of like this the specifics of the implementation is still kind of up in the air and like some people have speculated that maybe this could refer more to like the adapter that plugs into the wall like the port on that i think the verge posted a story that like like called everybody out like you guys are wrong it's just about the wall thing but they had to retract that because they were you know they were going way too far the other way knowing the eu i'm pretty sure it's the connector on the phone and, yeah that is that's what i think here's too. what i'm thinking is going to happen apple's going to get an exemption in the same way as there was an attempt to standardize um earlier and on usb micro yeah and you remember in europe they sold this usb adapter, micro yeah. to lightning adapter yeah. Which was like this weird. I have one, and it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but anyway, uh, maybe they'll make an exemption for. I, I just look. I I know you feel the same way. I know a lot of people who are listening to the show feel the same way. But please, Apple, can we finally get? You've got iPad Pros with USB-C. I thought. Can we I finally get our iPhones gen. with a standard connector so we can use one charger for everything? Right now, I'm using a charger for everything. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I thought this last gen was going to be it. I thought that they would I finally. The 11 they would was going to be it, but no, MFI is a big profit-making machine. I, I guess, but man, it's just it's time. Like Apple set. Like Apple was one of the first companies to make their computers all yeah. USB-C. Like yeah. they yeah. clearly, you know, should be. They should be doing this now. Yeah. And I hope that this makes them do it. I, I just, I hope that happens. I am, I do have some concern that, uh, you know, in the, the indeterminate future, when the time comes to move beyond USB-C to some other thing, that the EU is going to be like, well, but you can't. Oh, yeah. Well, that's EU for you. I mean, it, sometimes it can be problematic to standardize things. But I'm still excited because if we can make Apple move to USB-C or even to portless, which I think would piss off a lot of people. Yeah. What if whatever. they? Yeah. What if they? What if like the the phone has no ports and like if you wanna connect it to data, like there's like a magnetic thing you just stick to the side or something. Like uh, it's like it's like that um the modules that went on the essential phone, like yeah. that sixty gigahertz wireless thing. I mean that could very well be. Um, I know I realize why uh, my my rumors and news were actually only two items. It was the OnePlus 8 wireless charging and the Galaxy Buds Plus specs. That's actually a leak. It's not confirmed yet. Yeah, but yeah. stay tuned because next week we'll be at Samsung. 
in San Francisco. So we'll let you know. Um, more news. LG uh, is skipping MWC, blaming the coronavirus, mm-hmm. which is really weird because uh, to me it screams of, oh, we don't really have something yep. exciting to show. And this is a perfect opportunity for us to bow yes, out and this save is, money. Uh, this is what I, I um, thought the instant I heard this was like, they just, <laughs> they just use that as an excuse. Yeah. And so for a moment there, there was a rumor that ZTE was pulling out as well. But that was a false rumor insofar that ZTE, they canceled their press conference. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot to do has to do with you know Chinese employees being able to get act- yeah. to come into yeah, to, get, yeah, the to people, let in the people that they needed to come and do the presentation can't like they're still in China it. and exactly like and they're stuck or something. There's a lot of flights that are being screened and canceled now, um, but uh, they're still going to be there. That chief was very clear to assure us all that they are not leaving MWC. They're just canceling their press conference for logistical reasons uh, related pretend, potentially to Corona, but but basically they're going to be there. They're going to have a booth. We're going to be able to see their new products and yeah. play with them. And I, I don't think LG had even scheduled like a press conference. No. Well, so I pinged was... them earlier, like a week before this happened. I, I was pinging them hardcore and I was like, guys, what's going on? And they're like, oh, well, stay tuned. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> coronavirus, yeah. stay tuned. Uh, so now we can, I, I made this joke on Twitter and I feel very proud of myself because it's a dad joke and I'm really into dad jokes. <laughs> so yesterday I called it Mobile Congress means, uh, so MWC stands for Mobile World Coronavirus. <laughs> okay, last bit of news before we wrap up. This is actually, you know, let's see how many minutes we have because this could take a moment of mourning. We have at least five minutes we can spend on this. Okay, good. So I think we're safe. BlackBerry is dead again, I yeah. put in my notes. Uh, zombie BlackBerry came back. Well, BlackBerry came back as a zombie and was a pretty cool zombie for a bit, and now it's definitely dead again. Yeah, T- TCL uh, as of I think August, they are ending their licensing with BlackBerry. So, so they're giving away the license to whom? I mean, I guess just bla- back to BlackBerry. But I mean, there there's no news about I if anybody else is had gonna given up on that. I mean it. it I mean, it, there's no news about whether or not some other company is going to start making BlackBerry phones, but it sounds like nah, there aren't there are no takers, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, so at TCL, they released uh, the Key 1, the Key 2, and the Key 2 LE, and then the, what was the one that didn't have a keyboard? The Motion, was that it? Uh, yes. So the, yeah, so they released like four phones, the three of which were very similar devices. Oh man, I forgot about the Motion. Everybody did. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. It's part of the reason that this is happening. I mean, <laughs> I had the key one and the key two. I never got the key two LE, although I requested one. But the key two, I felt the key one was was interesting. But I felt that the key two, other than I would have liked it to be a flagship, like an eight hundred series yeah. chip, which it wasn't. Um, and the camera, of course, had its issues because they don't know how to make cameras at yeah. CL. I can tell. Uh, sorry, Brad. We love you, <laughs> but seriously, I hope that this new Alcatel. Uh, not Alcatel. This new TCL, uh, you know, 10 series we saw at, at CES, and we're going to actually find out more about MWC, can take photos because yeah. Alcatel phones, and of course, there's only been one TCL, so the Flex, uh, Plex, sorry, Plex, the yeah. Plex. The Plex, I haven't played with, so I don't know, but I've always felt like the TCL group of companies, when they made phones, their cameras were very mad because BlackBerry had that problem. Yeah. But so, I mean, I, I feel like the people who wanted BlackBerry phones, like they want physical keyboards, are very loud, but they're very small in number. I mean, it's just, I feel like this was always doomed from the start. But just think, 
you know, there are, I think, I don't know, it's, it's actually, you know, we're going to look back at this as an interesting thing. I was going to say, let's think of all the people who bought one, because now it's actually like a, a collectible almost, right? There's, they didn't sell that many. And, and if you have one, it's still usable as an mm -hmm. Android phone. And it's kind of collectible. But I think we're partially, we, the media, we, the journalists, we, the YouTube creators, we, the influencers, who all hang out here at, this, at these events, uh, here we're at Moto in Chicago. We are partly responsible for the key to uh, mm -hmm. putting it on a pedestal. Because come on, <laughs> Michael Fisher, Josh Vergara, there's a bunch of us, including myself, even though I never would, I didn't want to make it my main phone because I don't type as fast on a physical keyboard. We sang the praises of that phone. We liked it in some weird, quirky, demented way. I mean, I think that we all kind of like it just because it's weird. And a lot of phones are so similar these days. Yeah. It's fun to see something new. I think I would like to think that uh, Android Police's coverage of, of the key one and key two phones has been balanced. Like we said, hey, this is neat, but also like you can probably type faster on a touchscreen. Sorry, that's just the way it is now. I mean, I don't think that's the reality. I don't think that most people like if you're typing with your thumbs. I, mean, I don't honestly, think that you're going to be faster. Every time I picked up that key two and I started typing, I got frustrated so yeah. quickly. It's I, I'm so because used to I just couldn't like, type yeah, fast I'm so enough. used to just like gently just like gliding over the keyboard. And then the, the keyboard, autocorrect, you know, you, know, you it fixes half the things, yeah. and then. As soon as you need symbols, you need the touchscreen on the U2. Yeah. And I use symbols for passwords and stuff. So it's just like, what a pain that was. What a pain. And I'm not saying it was wrong. Some people really loved it, and I get it. They were really fast on it. But I feel like for most people, it's just, it's like, you know, that um, I finally have one of those phones, the, uh, the FX Tech Pro 1, you know, the, the landscape slider. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Great idea, but then when you start using the keyboard, even though the keyboard is amazing, it's like five rows, super yeah. ergonomic, feels great. I type so much faster yeah, on glass. It's not a, even a You contest. have to push so hard, and you, like, <laughs> you can only move your thumbs so fast. And it, it's just, it slows you down so much that, uh, I mean, the, like the quality of touchscreen keyboards has gotten so much better, is, yeah. is the thing. It's like the autocorrect on a touchscreen is great. There's like glide typing. They're like the the prediction for like what you're actually trying to press is so much better. It's just you know the the era of physical keyboards on phones is long ah, it's gone. done. It's done. There's no reason. There's no reason. Yeah. whatsoever. I can't imagine any company like going to BlackBerry and trying to license it again if no. if their intention is to like make keyboard phones. Absolutely, it's interesting. But look, the reality is, it's the end of an era again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because we've gone through this with BlackBerry. And I, I have to say, I am fond of that name, that brand, simply because it's like Nokia, who is also in its second zombie incarnation. It feels to me like there's an aspect of nostalgia. There's an aspect of a brand that was at the top of their game at one point and lost the plot through idiotic politics and other you know, shenanigans. And there was so many parallels between Nokia and their failure and their comeback and BlackBerry and their failure and their comeback. It was uncanny. It's almost like I want somebody to resuscitate the Lumia line next just for shits and giggles. I mean, Microsoft could probably do that. If they yeah, wanted. but they're not. They're going surface <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's not going to happen. But I just, I just, I don't know. I feel nostalgic. I think all this being at Moto here and having razors around and stuff, I'm just like, 
super nostalgic. I yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, BlackBerry was a smartphone before smartphones were. So a was thing Nokia. Nokia had a yes, freaking this, this app store sim- sim- like before was... Apple's app store was a like, glimmer in somebody's yeah, brain like, at, like, at uh, Cupertino. The Symbian platform, like back in the day, it was it was an amazing thing for the time. Like, I mean, it was crazy. kind of convoluted, but like I remember with my N95 Symbian phone which came out six months before the iPhone was announced. Uh, I had a five megapixel autofocus camera on this thing that could do, you know, 640, like basically, you know, 480p video, VGA video, 640 by 480, not in widescreen. But that thing was, you know, had GPS, had Wi-Fi, had Bluetooth, had a front camera for calls, for selfies. Like we're talking things that we take for granted totally normally now. But when the iPhone came out, it, and it had 3G at the time. The yeah. iPhone didn't have 3G, didn't have front camera, had a bad uh, rear camera, had, you know, it was so deficient in so many ways compared to that Simeon phone, yet totally blew us away in terms of its user experience, yeah. right? And now we have the best of both worlds. Now we have all of that. All that in one, yeah. all that for, what is it, Pocophone, $225? Yeah. What a time to be alive. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, so that's it. That's the show, folks. I feel like we've gone through everything. Any final thoughts on the Moto G and our general visit at Moto um, that you want to share? Um, I just I'm 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 looking forward to these phones. I hope that they they live up to our expectations. I think both of us are, are reasonably excited by these devices, and I would like to see Motorola get a win. You know, I want to make yeah. sure Motorola continues being a thing. One of the things that I've noticed that started happening last year with the G7 and we're starting to see with the G series again this year is that they're going away from the uh, glass and, and metal construction that they had. So I'm not sure, I didn't check, uh, but last, so the G6 was kind of a pinnacle point, an inflection point in the G series because it was a glass and aluminum sandwich. Yeah. It was true glass, true aluminum frame, you know, just like that yeah. Poco we thought was and, plastic. Yeah, and, just, and, but one, and, and one of the phones last year was glass. Right, so the G7 last yeah. year had a plastic frame, a resin frame, actually. Yeah. Very, very sturdy. Felt a lot like aluminum. It was machined, so it was very mm-hmm. nice. But then it had glass back, and then the power had a plastic back. Yeah. But this year, I can tell you, I don't know for a fact, because we didn't ask, I actually forgot to ask them that question, but we'll discover it when we finally get devices. But from my quick hands-on time, uh, and you should check out our hands-on video, folks, by the way, our respective videos on Android Police and on my channel as well. Uh, my experience here is that this is a plastic back that looks and feels like glass with a resin chassis. So we're going back to what the Moto G5 was like, yeah. which was plastic and Yes, I think, I think that is the case. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's bad in a way because we're losing that, that thing. I thought that, you know, once the G6 did it, all of them would do it, but they've gone mm-hmm. back. And I think it's a cost saving. And it's a bummer, but at the same time, I think for this market, for this segment, people put their phones in cases anyway, so who cares, right? Yeah. I think that's that's kind of why like Moto Mods never really took off. Yeah. So, exactly. Like everybody's gonna put their phone in a case anyway. Totally, right. So, Brian, do you want to tell the world where they can find you on the internet, your Twitter handle? Uh, I, am, I, am, I am on the Twitters. I'm at Ryan Whitwam, and you can and should read Android Police every single day. That is where we post all about the Android news. That's right. And But you also write on other sites, so I, I am tell also, people where they can find I am, you. I am also on Extreme Tech. Go there and read all about science and technology. And I uh, do uh, the Android device guides for the wire cutters. So if you want to buy a thing... You want to know what the best thing is? Buy a thing. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if the G series ends up somewhere in there. I mean, I think it did in the past, hasn't it? it? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think right now it is a runner-up pick. I think that the uh, a Nokia is is top of our list right now, but I would I would have to look to make sure. We're actually in the middle of updating that guide, so that's going to change soonish. We'll see. Well, there you go, folks. And you know where to find me on the internet. I'm a tank girl. That's T N K G R L. Like the comic book character, just drop the vowels instead. And Twitter is actually the place you want to make uh, comments on the show because really there's no way to comment in a podcasting app. So want to talk to me about the show? Go on Twitter and talk at me, at Tank Girl. And then uh, same uh, handle for Instagram. If you want to see pretty pictures of phones <laughs> and <laughs> pictures taken with phones, you check out Instagram. I just got a Honor V30. Not the mm. Pro, but the V30. A forbidden fruit with 5G. <laughs> which will not work on any networks here, the 5G part. But I think it's going to be an interesting phone because, again, if I re-enable GMS like I've been doing on my Mate 30 Pro and some other phones I've received from Huawei and Honor, uh, it makes it a perfectly viable device. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Check out the Instagram. Also, we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast in one word we finally got that url a couple of weeks back so now you can just go to that and check out some of the videos there we do some hands-on videos yeah you'll see the g series phones uh we do some uh unboxings actually a lot of unboxings so check that out please like subscribe tell your friends all that good stuff on the videos of course on youtube you can comment on the videos on youtube if you want that would be greatly appreciated if you do subscribe to the podcast, there's a bunch of ways you can do that. Please rate us and uh, write a review. Some platforms support that. Platforms that we're on, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Spotify. So we're easy to find. And then if you're old school and you like RSS feeds or you just want to listen to the podcast on the web, somehow mobiletechpodcast.com is where it's at. That's mobiletechpodcast.com. Finally, I want to thank our sponsor, Audible. Audible is where it's at for audiobooks. If you like to listen to books instead of read them, that's the way to go. Like maybe you're driving on a road trip across the country and you want to listen to some books because you can't read them. Well, that's that's it. Audible's got you covered. Check it out. They have an incredible selection of books and uh, some of them read by the authors, which is my favorite thing. Uh, I'm about to start binging on a, a major Star Wars thing. They, they always come out with a book version of the movie. Two years ago, it was 21 hours long. It was insane. And so the reason I bring up Audible is they're a sponsor of the show. And if you want to support the show, if you want to help us out, you can join Audible with a 30-day free trial. And this 30-day free trial is awesome because at the end, you get to keep some of the books, whether you stay or not, which is great. And no matter what, it supports the show and helps us out. So you should do that. In the show notes is a link, and I'm going to give it to you verbally right now so you can try to join and help us out. It's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. Please consider joining Audible and supporting the podcast. We really appreciate it. And that's it, folks. Uh, Ryan, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. I was happy to be here. Fantastic. We'll definitely have you on again at some point in the future. And you know, folks, that Samsung is happening next week. So I'll have another show with another guest and we'll tell you all about it. So stay tuned for that. And until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.